0: turn with me to the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians. If you're wondering where the book of Colossians is, it's in the New Testament, second half of your Bible. We're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 3 today. If you're not really sure where there is, you know, may ask your neighbor. Your neighbor, I'm sure, will be glad to help you out. If you are not sure if your neighbor knows what to do, you can help them out. Colossians chapter 3 is where we're going to be today. We're doing a series here at Thrive. It's called Faith Journey. Everyone say Faith Journey. And the reason why we call this series Faith Journey is because we believe every single one of us here, we are on a faith journey. And it doesn't matter if you call yourself a Christian or not. It doesn't matter if you call yourself a follower of Jesus or not. It doesn't matter if you consider yourself religious or not. It doesn't matter if you go to church regularly or not. The fact is every single one of us is on a faith journey. Every single one of us is trying to figure out that next step that we need to take in life. And I don't know about you, but I find this is that no matter how much research I do, no matter how careful I try to be, whenever I try to take any step forward, it's always going to amount to a little bit of risk. There will always be an element of faith that I need to exercise in order to move forward. Whether I know it or not, faith is required. If you believe that, say amen. And so with that in mind, we're looking at, you know, what Kind of faith pleases God. What kind of faith results in a good result? You know, what kind of faith causes us to be a blessing to others and be blessed ourselves? What kind of faith does that look like in real life? That's what we've been talking about today and over the past several weeks. In episode one, I shared with you how faith is a fight, how faith is fighting for what you believe in, even when there are obstacles in the way. Some people say faith is blind. I don't. I don't agree. I don't think faith is necessarily blind. Faith, I believe, God-pleasing faith is faith. Faith, where you take a thoughtful step forward. You take a thoughtful risk. Is that you look at the options in front of you? You look at the evidence that's available to you. And with thoughtfulness, with care, and with faith, you take the next best step that you can. You make the best choice you can with what God has given to you. That's episode one. In episode two and three, we have Pastor Tim here, and he shared about how faith is a gift from God. How Christian faith is not something that we manufacture, it's not something that we make up for ourselves, but is actually a gift that God gives to us. Us, and it depends on what we do with that gift, that whether it grows or it shrinks. And there's certain things we can do to grow it when, when when God gives us faith. And that's what episodes two and three were all about. Last week, if you were here, we did episode four of Faith Journey, and this is where Pastor boss came in and he shared about how an important aspect of faith in real life is waiting on God's timing. Is that God's timing is different from our timing. If we will wait on God's timing, we will always find He has a better plan. If you believe that, say Amen. And so these are the lessons about faith that we've been learning, very, very practical stuff. How does faith look like in real life? Today, I'm so excited to share with you episode five of this series together, and it begins with Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Would you help me preach in this place this morning, 1130 service, and would you help me in a big, loud voice read verses 16 and 17 together? One, two, three, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him you know sometimes when i read scripture and i read it the first time kind of gloss over it let's go back to verse 16 we're just going to read verse 16 one more time read it in a big loud voice even louder than you did it before can you say it written in one two three it says let the word of christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to god today the message i'm here to share with you and i'm so excited to share it with you it's called songs from my faith journey songs from my faith journey. How many of you guys know that the Christian faith is a singing faith? What I mean by that is that the Christian faith, in its true essence, is a faith that causes people to sing. It's a faith that results in song. I've studied a lot of different religions over the years, and I found this, is that I know of no other faith where there is so much singing as in the Christian church. I, have, I know no other faith, whether it's you know, you know, a philosophy like agnosticism, atheism, or other religions, I don't know of any other faith or philosophy in the world where they sing as much as Christians do. And the fact is this, on one hand, especially in our Western world, the name of Jesus is the most maligned, most abused, most taken-for-granted name in all the world. That's, for example, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll hear people on the street, when they get mad, do they say, Oh, my Buddha! No, they don't. They don't say, oh, for Allah's sake. No, they don't. You know what they say? They use Jesus' name as a swear word. Jesus' name in this world, especially in the Western world, is one of the most taken for granted and abused names in the world. But at the same time, around the world, the name of Jesus, there is no other name that is worshipped more. There is no other name that is praised more. There is no other name that is sung more than the name of Jesus. In fact, billions of people, literally billions of people around the world right now, as we are having this worship service, are worshiping the name of Jesus and singing songs unto him. If you believe that, give Jesus and his name a big hand, a big shout in this place right now. Amen. So many people around the world are singing the name of Jesus, and the question is, why? Maybe you're here, and you're here for the first time in church, and you're like, why do you guys sing so much? Why is singing such a big deal? Why do you sing? I don't like to sing. Why do you guys sing? And well, let me tell you this. Let me give you a few reasons why singing is so important to the church. Let me give you a few reasons. Not all the reasons, but a few of the reasons today. I hope you take some good notes today in today's message. Number one is this. The first reason why we sing in church is because music can tenderize the human heart. See, I know people who are some of the most successful, most talented, most intellectual, smartest, most strategic people that I know who have high-powered jobs, have built successful enterprises, who have these great companies, great families, great marriages, and they, they're just some of the smartest, most successful people I know. And despite being as smart as they are, they've got a soft spark, a soft spark in their heart for music. Is that we're not just physical or intellectual beings, but we are emotional and artistic as well. And for some reason, maybe you know that for yourself, and maybe you know that for someone else, is that as smart as they are, they have this thing for music. Music is just has has this way of softening their heart and tenderizing their heart such that music has this way of impacting us really deeply. And that happens no greater in no greater place than in the church, is that when you sing songs to God with an open heart, it has this way of tenderizing your heart. If you believe that, say amen. That's the first reason why we sing in, in church, is to tenderize the human heart. The second reason is this, is because the hope we have in Jesus is worth singing about. I said the hope we have in Jesus is worth singing about. Amen. Is that you know, some things in life are so good that you can't just talk about it. You've got to sing about it. I remember you know, years and years ago when I was first dating Char, I was so in love with this girl that I couldn't just talk to her. I couldn't just talk about her to everybody, but I had to sing songs about her and to her. I'd be serenading with these songs like, you know, like, oh, like, 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 like you came into my life and everything changed. You brought the sunshine to the rain and filled my life. And I'd sing all these songs to her because this is too good to be true. I want to sing to her because it's something amazing, even more so. Far more so, a hundred times more so, is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Is that the hope that we have in Jesus makes us want to sing? There is no name that is more worthy of praise than the name of Jesus. Number 3 i oh, we'll give God a big hand for that as well. Come on, Amen. Proactive church, you could respond a little bit more. Praise God. Number three, another reason why we sing is because singing out your faith, believe it or not, helps you to own and grow your faith. See, let me ask you this question: What happens? around you when you sing. Do you know? Are you aware of it? I don't know what happens around you when you sing. I'm not sure if when you start singing, do people around you go, wow, keep on singing? Or as you're singing, people are like, wow, please stop singing. I don't know. I'm not sure if you are tone deaf And you have a tough time carrying a tune, or maybe you're a karaoke champion, or you sing in the shower, or you sing in the car when no one's watching, or you're some kind of professional singer. But regardless of where you are in the range of musical abilities, the fact is this. I know, though, I don't know what happens around you when you sing. I do know that something happens in you when you sing about your faith. And you know what it is? Is that you take ownership of your faith is that when you sing out what you believe in terms of your faith, something happens on the inside of you where what you believe and what you are singing out becomes a part of you more and more so. It reinforces what you believe. It, it reminds you of what's most important. You're taking ownership of your faith. And look at Colossians 3, verse 16 with me one more time. Get ready to underline something with me. Get ready. Verse 16, what does it say? It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, Hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. If you have your bibles in front of you, would you highlight or underline those those words? That last part as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. See what's this verse saying? See Paul here is saying that singing actually has a part to play in your spiritual growth. Did you know that? Is that if you want to grow up spiritually and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, it's not just about getting all this teaching and information and admonition and wisdom for your mind. It's also about having a song for your heart to sing. Amen. It's because you're not just an intellectual being. You're an emotional being. And when you follow Jesus Christ and you grow more like him, you're not just building your brain. You're not just building your mind with academics. But even more than that, you are building your heart. That's why Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, is strength. It's your whole being. It's not just your mind, but it's your heart as well. Amen. Sometimes I find this, I don't know if you find this as well, sometimes after a long day, sometimes I find that my brain is too tired to be kind of wrestling with difficult passages of scripture. And so I'm like, oh man, okay, I can't really do it, but you know what I can do? I can sing. I can still sing, and as I sing to God about my faith, I find that the word of Christ starts to dwell in me more richly, that as I sing these songs, the truths of Scripture start to sink into my heart in a more personal way. I find that when I sing, it actually helps me to hang on to God a little bit more tightly. When I sing, it helps me to love God a little bit more intimately. If you believe that, say amen. Number four, number four, the reason why we sing here in church is because worship is warfare. Warfare. And we talked about this. We actually sang about this in our first song this morning. Didn't the band do an awesome job with that first song and the second song? Loved it. We'd do that forever. And the thing is, this, worship is warfare. There's a line in that song that says that my melody is my weapon. Did you notice that? I love that line. Is that the believe it or not? The fact is this, that we are in a spiritual war between good and evil, between God and the devil. We are caught in this war. And if you want to move forward and be victorious in this war and be an overcomer in this war, then one of the weapons that God has given to you is actually your voice. It's actually when you sing from your heart and sing from your heart, it's almost like in the spiritual realm, you are taking out a sword. And you are doing battle in the spiritual realm. You're fighting depression. You're fighting hopelessness. You're fighting negativity. You're fighting fear when you speak out and you sing out in faith. Amen. Amen. Look, and, and you're going to find this. That there's a biblical precedent for all that we're talking about today. Is that when you read the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, you're going to find that individuals, groups, uh, you know, even nations would sing and declare their faith By expressing it through music and song. Look at, for example, Matthew chapter 26, 27 to 30. Look at Matthew chapter 26, 27 to 30. Look at what it says. Read with me in the big loud voice. One, two, three. It says, then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. For the forgiveness of sins, I will tell you I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Get that, when they sung a hymn. Who's this? This is Jesus. Jesus and his disciples. On the worst night of Jesus' life, when he knew he was about to be betrayed, what did Jesus do? Did Jesus sulk? No, Jesus sang. I don't know what Jesus' voice sounded like. Do you, can you imagine what Jesus' voice sounded Do you think he could have had a good voice? I think he probably had a good voice. I don't know exactly how Jesus sang or how he sounded when he sang, but I know he sung. He sung with his disciples, and it was their way of hanging on to faith in a very, very tough time. Look at Acts 16, verse 25. What does it say? Read it with me. It says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. See, Paul and Silas, they are two Christian missionaries. They are locked up in prison because of their faith, and while they are chained to their prison Bars, not knowing what's going to happen to them tomorrow at midnight what do they do they start singing to god and it says the whole prison cell everyone in the prison cell even the wardens are listening to them singing about their god that's the thing about the christian faith that even in your toughest most uncertain moments you have a reason to sing amen amen look at you know I, I i'll tell, tell you one, one more thing do you know who the first person recorded in the bible as singing is You know, who does the Bible record as being the first person to sing? I'm I'm sure he wasn't the first person to sing, but the, the first reference to singing in the Bible, do you know who was doing the singing? His name is Moses. Do you know that? Look at Moses, uh, or Exodus chapter 15, 1 and 2. Read it with me. What does it say? It says, then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he is hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. Stop right there. See, Moses, the one who's known for laying down the law, the Ten Commandments, is the same one who is the first to lead people in songs of faith and worship unto God. Not just Moses, but her sister, Miriam sang. Deborah, the judge, sang. Mary, the mother of Jesus, sang. Isaiah, the prophet, sang. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, wept and he sang. He did all those things. But you know, by far the most prolific singer in all the scriptures, do you know who it is? His name is David. And see, what I find fascinating about David is that David wouldn't just sing songs to God. But he would actually write his own songs. He would turn his prayers into music. He would turn his prayers into songs that he would worship God with, and not only would he worship with those songs, but he would tell all the people he was leading as the king of Israel to worship with them using these songs. And I, I find this fascinating, is that if you look at some of the songs that, that, that David has written, they're preserved in the easiest book in the Bible to find. It's called the Psalms, right in the middle of your Bible. And you are find, if you look at Psalm 2, Psalm 18, Psalm 34, Psalm 54, Psalm 58, 59, 60, Psalm 142, you're going to find that so often David wouldn't just write the song, but he would put a note at the top of the song to record what he was doing when he wrote the song or where he was when he wrote the song and why he wrote that song. For example, look at Psalm 18. Check this out. Psalm 18, verses one to two. Read verse one and two with me. Big, big loud voice, like 10 times louder than you were doing before. You guys knew better than that. One, two, three, it says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Okay, Okay, so these are lyrics to a song that David wrote. I don't know how it sounds. I don't know what it sounds like. I don't know the melody, but look at what what he writes on the top of that song before verse one. And you you might find this in your paper Bible and even on some of your Bible apps, you might show this as well, is that he has a little note. It's like a little footnote. And what does he write? What does he write? He says, for the director of music of David, the servant of the Lord, he sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul, who was a king at the time, who was trying to kill him. So what's David doing? He's actually chronicling his faith journey, with these songs, such that when David thinks about that song, he thinks about a prior time and a prior season in his life when God worked in his life. Has that ever happened to you before? Not, not necessarily with even worship songs, but even pop songs that you hear on the radio that maybe you're in the car, you're listening to the radio, or you're listening to music in the gym, or, or someone's iPhone is on, and you've got this music playing, and all of a sudden you hear a song, and the song reminds you of a time in your past. Has that ever happened to you before? Maybe, you know, a time when you were dating that person, oh, that was our song. Or, or maybe, you know, you were growing up in another city and that song reminded you of that time. Or you were going through a really bad time in your life, it was a big challenge in your life, and, and that song was somehow inspiring you or helping you or comforting you during that time. See, if you had to come up with a playlist of, of say, like the top five songs that kind of have marked your journey, and they're not necessarily even worship songs. Maybe they're children's songs. Maybe they're pop songs. What would make the top five for you? I'm really interested to hear. You can talk about it in your small business this coming week. The fact is this. For myself, I could think of several songs that have impacted me on my faith journey. And in some cases, these songs were a comfort and an encouragement to me in times when I was down and things were not going well. In some cases, these songs were like a summary of where I was at in life. Do you ever, have you ever found that Like, there's a song that kind of really encapsulates how you feel or where you're at? Some of these songs like that for me. And I thought to myself, as part of Faith Journey and on episode five, uh, would it be okay if I shared some of these songs with you? Is that okay? Yeah? All right, well, we're going to do this. I'm going to ask our team, and they've been amazing this past week and this morning. I'm going to ask them to help me to set up uh, this. We're going to tra- turn this-, this glass table into a little stage where uh, we're going to have a mic stand, and we're going to have a guitar, uh, and uh, that's going to happen real quick. Turn here, give them a high five, and say, get ready for something really cool. And you can clap as well. Come on, give God a hand in this place as well. You know, one of the daunting things about singing here at Thrive, uh, sometimes, but you don't have to feel this way, is that we've got some amazing singers here at Thrive, amen? Amazing singers. For example, Silas, I I like to say this about Silas all the time, is that when Silas, our worship leader, sings, when Silas sings, uh, he's one of our worship leaders, when when Silas sings, the angels in heaven get jealous. Yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true. I wish that I could say the same for myself. I find that when I sing, uh, the angels in heaven feel a little bit better about themselves, Especially after listening to Silas. Uh, And so, you know, but I hope that by sharing these simple songs that not only we're going to learn something about my own faith journey, but that somehow along the way, this might help you on your faith journey. And that maybe God would use this time together to show you and reveal to you truth that you need to hear during this season of your life. This first song that I want to share with you is one that impacted me even before I was born and that sounds, that's kind of sounds weird, but let me explain, is that uh, I don't know if I would actually have actually been born without this song. And the reason is this, is because my parents, they're both very musical. My dad, he loves to play guitar, he's a great guitar player. Uh, He loves to sing. My mom at one time considered going the career route of being a concert pianist. She almost became a concert pianist before she decided on uh, another uh, career direction that she would take. But, you know, they both loved music. One day they got married. Soon after that, they decided to make beautiful music together. And as a result, I was the result of that beautiful music. Amen. Uh, If you're not sure what I mean, then ask your neighbor, but not now. They Ask him later. Um, And I can remember this as, um, you know, my my dad and mom, them telling me that, you know, when uh, those first few months came about where they were expecting their firstborn, uh, they were so excited that they were like, yeah, we're going to be parents. It's amazing. Um, Everything seemed to be going smoothly when a few months into the pregnancy, one day my parents are asked to come to the hospital. And my dad goes in to see the doctor first. And the doctors say, "Uh, Mr. Lim, we got some news for you. Um, And we want to tell you first so that you can prepare your wife after. The fact is that we have been doing some tests on the baby that your wife is carrying. And um, we need to let you know that the baby is not growing. And he hasn't been growing for a while now. And based on like cases that we've seen in the past, we need to let you know that there's an extremely high chance that this baby is going to be born with some kind of disability, whether it's a mental disability or a physical disability. And so we just want to let you know so you can prepare your wife for it. You know, my dad, at that moment, he just said, okay, thank you for letting me know. Uh, can I be the one to tell my wife? And they're like, sure. And so he goes out, he takes my mom back home, and he never tells her, never tells her about the news. And, and it's, it's, it's because he was scared that sa- saying this to her would freak her out and it would cause her to worry so much and that wouldn't be good for her or for the baby. He didn't want to tell her, so he kept it all to himself. He didn't know what else to do. You know, one day he goes to church. And at this church, they're singing this song, and it's a song about Jesus, how Jesus died on the cross for our sins, how he rose again from the grave, and because of that, we can have hope for tomorrow. And for some reason, after listening to that song, he decided that, you know, I'm just going to believe that somehow, despite all the odds, everything is going to be okay. And, you know, he hung on to that hope that, you know, God is somehow in control, it's everything's going to be okay. Still didn't tell my mom. And then, you know, a few months later, the time came for this baby to be born. And my parents, they go to Richmond General Hospital, just a few blocks down from here. And this baby is born. And when the doctors do all these tests and they examine the baby, they go back to my dad and say, we don't have an explanation for this. We don't really know what happened. But your baby is perfectly healthy. Give God a big, big hand for that. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Give God all of your praise today. And when my dad got the news, of course, he was overjoyed and he thought back to the song that I'm going to share with you right now. This song is called Because He Lives.
1: He lives, all fear is gone because I know, I know he holds the future. Life is worth the living just because he lives. Life is worth the living just because he lives. Life is worth
0: Because he lives, you can face tomorrow. You may be going through the toughest time of your life right now, but because Jesus lives, you can always say the best is yet to come. You know, if Jesus conquered by his crucifixion, your biggest problem, which is sin, and if Jesus conquered by his resurrection, your other biggest problem, which is death, how could Jesus not help you conquer things like cancer? Things like losing a loved one. Things like uncertainty about your future. Things like a marriage problem or a relationship problem. Because if Jesus Christ could do all these things, that means that those who trust in him have a peace that the world cannot give. And you can say, because Jesus lives, I can face tomorrow. Come on, if you believe that, give God a big, big hand here this place together right now. Amen. To your neighbors say, because Jesus lives, you can face tomorrow. That was... My parents' faith, but that wasn't necessarily my faith uh, when I was growing up. See, I grew up in church, but I had a lot of questions about faith. And I can even remember going to church as a kid and not really liking it. Find that, man, why do I have to go to church, man? Why can't I sleep in? And one thing I especially hated doing, do you know what it was? I especially hated singing songs in church. Oh. I remember, you know, I'd be sitting in the back, arms folded, and the worship leader at the front would do his very best to get everyone to sing songs, I wouldn't sing. I wouldn't open my mouth. I'd just keep my hands folded. One time, the worship leader got so frustrated with me. He said, JB, you think it's so easy to do this? You come up to the stage, and you try doing it. And, you know, I I decided, you know, in my very arrogant, naive kind of way, I I went up to the stage. I took the mic, and to make a mockery of the service, I channeled my inner Chinese pastor's voice. And you know what
1: it was? It says hallelujah
0: hallelujah i sang that into the mic and you know it's hallelujah it doesn't have to be untuned it just has to vibrate that's how it works for the chinese pastor's voice but here's the thing is that um on that day if you told me that one day years and years later you're going to be a pastor of a church and you're going to be leading people in song every single week i'd be like what kind of weed are you smoking because the fact is, I had so many questions, and not just as a kid. When I was in university, I had so many questions about faith. This was my parents' faith, but I couldn't say it was my faith because I just had so many questions. like, How do I know there's a God? How do I know that I can trust what the Bible says? How do I know it's historically accurate? How do I know that when it says that Jesus died and rose again, that that really happened? Like people would say, oh, Jesus is the only way to God. Like how bigoted is that? How narrow-minded is that? How exclusive is that? Little did I know back then what I would know later on when I started to research these questions that actually there's really good reasons to believe that there is a God that there's really good reasons to believe that the Bible is historically accurate. There's actually really good reasons to believe what it says about Jesus, how he died and rose again, and that, that there's actually a really good reason why Jesus is so special in all this world. I didn't know that at the time. I was just really confused, and I wasn't just confused about faith. I was also confused about my own future. I'm like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? You know, if you're in a place today where you're kind of wondering the same question, you're wondering about what to do with the rest of your life, you're struggling with a decision, and you're, you're really just struggling with indecision, because you don't know what to do. You're like, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? I know and you're kind of stuck then i think you're gonna relate to this next song that i'm sharing with you it's a song that i wrote out of my frustration because i felt so confused about my life about faith about my future and and so i decided to write a song about it and uh, i was surprised that actually this past week I actually remember this song because it's been literally like about 22 years since i've sung this song um, this is back in 1997 and so you can remember uh that you know you can imagine you know this is a much thinner version of jb all right longer hair Baggy jeans, because that's what was in back then. Um, and, uh, and just very confused with life. And this is what uh, this is what this song sounds like. This song is called, What Am I Here For? Uh, and it goes a little bit like this. It goes, uh,
1: I have a tendency to ask myself, what am I here for? I have a propensity to think about what am I here for? I want my life to count. I want to know its meaning. The questions whispering my name. What are you here for? first go like this I'm here, walking around in circles, playing lost and found and losing, trying desperately to find my way. Memorized a song of indecision, getting lost in my confusion about where I'm meant to be. I'm tired of being lost, I want to change. I'm tired of my trash It's time to turn the page I have a tendency To ask myself, what am I here for? I have a propensity To think about, what am I here for? I want my life to count I want to know its meaning The questions whispering My name, what are you here for? I have a tendency To ask myself, what am I here for? I have a propensity To think about, what am I here for? I want my life I want to know its meaning The questions whisper in my name What are you here for
0: Yeah, I was pretty weird back then, 22 years ago And really, really confused. And uh, the fact is that I just had so many questions about faith, and that was basically, on that faith journey, my faith journey, that was an expression of all of my confusion and all of my questions. Um, You know, the next song I want to share with you today uh, is a medley of two songs that I wrote uh, also a pretty long time ago. And the first song is a song that I wrote actually on the day that my grandmother passed away. Uh, It's a a worship song. And you might think, well, it's kind of weird for you to write a worship song on the day that your, your grandmother passes away. But you got to let me explain. See, the fact is this, is that my, my grandmother was a really strong Christian. And in fact, if you ask my uncles, the defining image that so many of my uncles have of my grandmother growing up was that she would be in the living room early in the morning. She would be kneeling by a chair and she'd just be praying by herself for her entire family and for her church, and for the people in her neighborhood, and the people that she wanted to lead to Jesus, and even for, eventually, her kids and her grandkids. And, you know, every Christmas and every birthday, she would always, in addition to a gift, she would give me this card. She would always write a card, a birthday card, a Christmas card, wishing me happy birthday. And at the end of every card, she she would always write the same three words, God bless you. And then she'd write my name, Justin. God bless you, Justin. And, you know, I kind of took it for granted for many, many years, uh, those words, that As she got older and more sick in life, I started to realize something, which is that actually for my grandma, what she hoped for me, more than having a lot of wealth financially or being famous in the world or even my own physical health, that what she wanted more than anything for me was to know the peace and the hope that comes from knowing Jesus Christ. And for her, nothing was more important. Nothing was more precious than that. And, you know, when I, you know, wrote the song after finding out about what happened to my grandmother who passed away at an old, old age, I remember having a last, a final conversation with my grandmother. I was in Taiwan at the time. She was here in Vancouver. And I remember having that final conversation with her and saying, you know, Amma, thank you for being the best grandmother I could ever ask for. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where when she passed away, it made me think that, you know, praise God, that because of the hope we have in Jesus, we can be assured that, you know, my grandmother now is in a place where there is no more sickness, And there is no more pain. There is no more death. There is no more sorrow. And um, that just, for me, caused me to think, you know, God, thank you for the hope we have in you. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where the more I discovered, the more I explored this faith called Christianity, not only did I find answers that satisfied my mind, but even more, I found something that satisfied my heart in a way that nothing else could Uh, a peace that past understanding, that God-sized hole that Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes talks about, I felt like one, the more I got to know this Jesus, the more that hole in my heart was being filled. And so I decided to write a song about it. And uh, because the fact is that before I used to think this is my parents' faith, this is my grandfather's, grandmother's faith, but over time as I started to, start to fall in love with Jesus more and more, I found that I could just say he's not just my parents' faith, it's not just my, my, my parents' God, this is not just my grandmother's God, but This is my God too. And this is my awesome God. And that's what the name of this first song is called, My Awesome God. The second song is along a similar line. It's called Captured. And this song is basically just talking about falling in love with Jesus. That he's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I don't know where I'd be without him. Um, He was really patient with me, still is. But this medley of songs is one that's just basically talking about uh, falling in love with Jesus. And so this is it.
1: High above all things, You are the King above all kings. I worship You and I love You, Father. May my heartbeat and search for You always. No other God to take Your place. You are the hope of my heart. Forever Better is one day walking close with you Than a millennium of life alone Or where would I be but for your great love Though I walk out on you a thousand times Each time you welcome me with open arms You're the best thing in my heart ever known my awesome God Mm -hmm. yeah 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 you captured me and I'll never be the same I'm drawn to you like a teenager in love I can't let go It's like for you I've been made It's like your love is tattooed on my heart So no matter where I go And no matter what I do All of my life I have been captured Though the world call me a fool I found no beauty like you I've been captured by your love. So, no matter where I go, and no matter what I do, all of my life I have been captured. Though the world called me a fool, I found no beauty like you. Cause I've been captured by your love. Cause I've been. Captured by your love, because uh, I've been captured by your love.
0: One of the things I found about falling in love with Jesus is that when you fall in love with Jesus, you don't actually just fall in love with Jesus. Because I found myself not just falling in love with Jesus, but I started falling in love with something else. I started falling in love with the church. A lot of people, they say, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. I love Jesus, but the church is not for me. When people say that, I don't know if they fully understand what it really means to love Jesus. Because you're going to find this, when you find out who Jesus is in the Bible, when you get to know who Jesus is, you're going to find that the heartbeat of Jesus is for his church. And you can't really love Jesus without loving his church. And I found this for me, is that for some reason, there was nothing back then, and to me to this day, there's nothing now that is more beautiful more powerful, more inspiring, more life-changing than when the church is worshiping God and serving God and being united and loving people, loving one another, loving our city, reaching people for Jesus. There's nothing more beautiful than that to me. And, you know, it made me think the more I fell in love with Jesus, the more i started falling in love with this church, and the more I thought to myself, man, I would love to give my life to build God's church. I'd love to give my life to use whatever God has given to me in whatever way I can to build the church of God or to be used by God to do that. And, um, you know, one of the things I thought was this is, you know, one of the things, and I'll give you a confession here, is that, you know, one of my favorite voices, I've got four favorite voices in my life. Um, One is uh, I love hearing Charlene's voice on the phone. Uh, Always have, even when we first started dating, even till now, I love hearing her voice when she says hi and when we are talking on the phone. I love Bradley's voice, my first son, uh, whether he's talking about Super Mario or he's talking about his math homework or he's talking about his piano playing or he's talking about his faith. Uh, I love my younger son Caleb's voice when he laughs. For me, that's just, just, nothing gets quite better than that. But there's a fourth favorite voice of mine. You know what it is? It's, it's your voices. It's when you guys worship God from your heart. And I, I got to maybe confess this, is that sometimes I'll even record you guys singing and to me sometimes i'll just listen to that not like these trained professional voices but these broken untrained voices that are just worshiping god, from god for me it doesn't really get better than that because there's something about you guys that for me is so beautiful and worth you know worth just like saying just like jesus did is like worth giving up uh your life for and and you know it's one of those where um i thought you know what I'd love to write songs that could build the church and encourage the church. And um, so this is a song I want to share with you. Uh, It's a song that some of you guys know. It's a song that I wrote uh, about nine years ago when I was in a really stressful time of my life. And I can tell you this, is that one of the great benefits of knowing Jesus as your Savior is not simply that you are forgiven of your sins and you have a place in heaven, you're a child of God, but even more than that is that when you go through tough times, when you have a burden, when you have a problem you don't know how to solve, you have someone you can go to with that problem amen, is that you have someone who can help you carry that burden. And, you know, so many different passages of Scripture talk about, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Psalm 68 talks about how, praise be the God, our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. There's, you know, there's 1 Peter, I think we have 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5, where it says, can you read it with me, the big loud voice, one two three? it says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. This song is talking about casting your anxiety on God. Maybe you're in a place where you're really anxious right now about your life. Maybe there's a worry that is haunting you every day, and despite the fact that you believe in Jesus, you still have this burden. I want to encourage you, even as we're singing this song, that uh, you would give that burden to God today. There's another final verse that this song is based on. It's Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. What does it say? Read it with me. It says, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Maybe you're here and you're new to church and you're, here and you're, you're new to this Christian thing. And maybe your conception of God is that he's like this really mean judge. He's there to spit on you when you're down. He's here to kick you when you fall. I, I, I'm here to tell you that God is not like that that the God of the Bible is a God of compassion. He's a God who rises to show you compassion. He is your heavenly father. I don't know what your relationship with your own earthly dad is like. Maybe you guys are close. Maybe you're not that close. Maybe you know he's emotionally not there even though he's physically present. Maybe it's something where he passed on a long time ago and you couldn't have the relationship with him that you want to have. Regardless of what your earthly father and your relationship with him is like, I'm here to tell you, you have a heavenly father who loves you with an unconditional love. You have a Heavenly Father who loves you with an everlasting love. You have a Heavenly Father who, when He looks at you and the stuff you go through, He doesn't look at you with judgment. He sees you with eyes of compassion. He welcomes us to bring our burdens to Him. And so if you're going through a time today where you could use some help with that burden, I want to encourage you, even as we look at the song together, that you can give that burden to God today. Is that cool? And since I love your guys' voices so much, if you know the song and it's not that hard to follow, go ahead and sing the song with me. This song is called Lead the Way For Me.
1: You are the king of glory Greater than all I see You are the sovereign be there for me. How I desire you my hope. My hope is in you because you are my heavenly Father. In quietness and trust I will wait upon And resting in your arms above because your eyes are showing compassion. Every care and burden laid down at your feet. I trust.
0: We're just going to worship God with a song right now. want to give God your burdens, give God your cares, cast your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. He rises to show you compassion. Let's sing this song together one more time. With your voices sing it together.
1: You are the King of glory. You are the King of glory. Greater than all I see. You are the sovereign one. Lord of everything, Sing, you are the God who knows me, you are the God who knows me, my secret thoughts you see, and in my darkest hours, you'll be there for me. I desire you, my hope, my hope is in you, because you are my heavenly Father, in quietness and trust I will wait upon you, Lord, repenting and resting. Show me compassion. Every care and burden I lay down at your feet. I trust you. wait on you. Oh, come on, give your burdens to God. Lead the way. Father, in quietness and trust I will wait upon you Lord, Repenting and resting in your arms above, oh God. Because you rise and show me compassion. Every care and burden I lay down at your feet. Trust you, we are.
0: your hands to God right now. Let the height of your hands reflect how much you need it today. And just in your own words start talking to God right now. Just say, God, I give you that burden today. I give you that situation today. I surrender that situation to you today. Thank you, Jesus, that you
1: are my awesome God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you rise to show me compassion. Just give that
0: burden to him today. Just in your own heart, in your own words, just start talking to God today. Just take this moment. Give your burdens to him. He loves you. He's with you. He rises to show you compassion. So give that to him right now. Lift your heart. Lift your life. Lift that care into his hands today. He's going to lead the way for you. He
1: loves you. Thank you, Jesus. Lead the way for me. Lead the way for me. Oh.
0: Give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now, Amen. Please have your seats. Do we have time for one last song? It's, it's, I know we're, we're a bit over time. but oh, that's okay. We'll do you, you want one last song? Is, that, is Yeah. Are you sure? Okay. All right. Okay, we'll, we'll do one last song. All right. One last song. One last song. Um, this song um, is about. This, so, this song is about living out the purpose God has for your life. Everyone, say my purpose is that God has a purpose for your life. This song is about living out God's purpose for your life and not settling for anything less than that. And see, so many Christians, so many followers of Jesus, they will settle for something less because they're afraid They'll sell for something less because they want to please people. They want to live for other people's opinions. And as a result, they don't ever experience everything that God has for them. If you're here today and you struggle with pleasing people, you have the toughest time saying no to people. You're always thinking about how they see you. And the stuff you do for them, you do it actually not for them. You do it for you. You do it so that you can look a certain way in front of them. And as a result, you are tired. You are frustrated with life as a result. I'm here to tell you today there's a much easier, simpler, better, more peaceful, more joyful, more powerful way to live. And that's to live for one person, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. In fact, this is the last verse for today. Look at Acts chapter 20, verses 23 and 24. This is the apostle Paul talking, and this is what he writes about his own life. Read with me. It says, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim, is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Everyone say, finish the race. Everyone say, complete the task. God has a race for you to finish God has a task for you to complete God has a purpose for you to live for and what is that race, what is that task what is that purpose, it is to be alive and to worship Jesus, it's to be expectant and to grow more like Jesus it's to be involved and to serve Jesus with everything that you have it's about being out loud and leading others to Jesus in this world, it's about being united and loving your church because that's what Jesus Christ gave you to do, if you believe that, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place right now Amen. That is the race you've been called to run. That is the task you've been called to complete. And this song called Unlimited is about doing just that. It's about not living to please others, to live for the approval of others, but to live, to live the destiny that God has for you and to please the one and only. His name is Jesus Christ. And so this is the last song for today, and here we go. It's called Unlimited. Unlimited
1: forget my past fight for my destiny finish the race complete the task that Jesus gave to me you are my one desire my all-consuming fire. and I want to know you more and I want to know your past Holy Spirit, give me an unlimited love, unlimited life, unlimited challenge. Take up the cross, dig myself, live for your love and no one else? And unlimited joy, unlimited hope, unlimited passion, because God love you gave it all so we would know. You're unlimited. Lord, in the end, may you be pleased with how I live this life. The innings of pain, Lord Jesus, rain. Come and be glorified. You are my one desire. My all-consuming fire I want to know you more and I want to know your power Holy Spirit, give me Unlimited love Unlimited life Unlimited challenge Take up the cross Deny myself Put it for your love no one else And unlimited joy Unlimited hope, unlimited passion, because of love you gave it all, so we would know that you're unlimited. My God is unlimited. He is unlimited. Now all things are possible. My God is unlimited. He is unlimited. Now all things are possible. My God is unlimited. He is unlimited. Now all things are possible. And my God is unlimited. He is unlimited. Now all things are possible. It's unlimited love, unlimited love, unlimited challenge. Take up the cross, deny myself. Live for your love and no one else. No, no, no. It's unlimited joy, unlimited hope unlimited passion because of love you gave it all so we would know that you're unlimited
0: come on you've got a big hand a big shout in this place right now That's it for me. I'm asking the worship team to come back on the stage. It's your turn to sing. Let's all stand up. Give your neighbors a high five, handshake. Give them a high five around you and say, my God is unlimited. All things are possible.